Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and with me always is Dilruk Josinger. I am with you via the airwaves as we do this over Zoom as we have for the last few months. And oh my God, <laughs> Ben, <laughs> our guest for this episode—it's—it feels like we've really we've had some talented people on our show, but we have just up the bloody ante. We have a winner of X Factor. We have someone who represented Australia at Eurovision. Holy shit. If it isn't my cooking buddy from MasterChef, Dami. <laughs> so is that the same applause you're used to when you were in Eurovision as well? Like the same, that it's the same level. Uh, yeah, 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 almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, huge, huge. We've got two massive contestants from MasterChef. Now, who won? <laughs> <laughs> we, spent, we spent a good 40 minutes before this podcast recorded telling Ben that we can't, we will not. Uh. Be revealing MasterChef because stuff. because for people who don't know Dami, it's is I have a uh, you don't know this but I have a seven year old and a five year old and this is the first television show we can actually watch as a family so because right. they know Dill so well and it's introducing all these other people uh, in Australia um, they really enjoyed your dish on the first episode because oh, we're kind of familiar with that kind mm. of food um, being in and around Brunswick so we are uh, very we, colourful your yeah. one oh, but it's just that's what you want for lunch yeah no like. <laughs> I, 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 by the way, I love, I really love watching it. And I, I love, because like when we were filming, we don't, we didn't get to really see what the others were doing or right. saying. And then like yeah. now I'm watching, but like Dill's so funny. I'm just like cracking up. It's <laughs> so, it's awesome. And well, then. I forgot my sang your song at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Because like, I'm like super cautious because I'm like, oh, they're going to, you know, they don't have the licensing for the songs. I'm not right. allowed to sing. And then Dills just started singing. I was like, hey, I didn't know you could do that. Well, trust me, no one no one is chasing royalties for my rendition. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought maybe because your version's so, like, different. So, no, no, you can say it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. shit. So like, shit. not recognisable. So people just like, that's fine. We'll How dare you? When I sing into Shazam, they're like, is that Damien? Oh, my God. <laughs> um yeah, so it's nice that 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 Ben, you, your kids get to watch the show. Well, it's but yeah, again, because it's uh, you know we don't watch much television as a family. It's something we, we we try not to get the kids addicted to screen time. But then Bluey, in this case, come on. Bluey is seven minutes, and that's all they're getting. All right. So, uh, but in saying that, they are familiar because for listeners who don't know, Dill is currently in Adelaide. I'm currently in Melbourne. Now, Dummy's all the way in the Brisbane, which is where Bluey is set. So the kids are familiar with Brisbane and actually kind of want to go up there because they think a cartoon dog actually lives there. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's so, amazing. So they've never been to Brisbane. No, no, no. Especially like we haven't, no, we haven't, like we don't really have that family, much family up there. But I think when the kids are older, we'll probably do the theme parks. So Ooh. I think once oh, we get up come? there, because yeah. um, I mean, where, where do you live in Brisbane? Which, which suburb do you? I'm in the Bulimba area, which is sort of. Um, why are you asking her questions about her address? What's no, because I'll follow it up. In 2013, you were given the key to the Logan City. Yes. Now, are you familiar with Logan? Do? Yeah, isn't that like where people would get punched and shit? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 
holder of Logan, I have been dispatched. Illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason, okay, I'm I'm basing that, and I apologize to the key holder. Uh, I'm only basing that purely on whenever I do gigs in Brisbane in the open mic scene. Yeah. Like Melbourne uses Frankston as a punchline for anything that they want to refer to as like you know right. as a joke. They would go to Logan is what. Uh, my familiarity so I have no and Ipswich is that that's the other one I think they would throw in yeah I make fun of Ipswich because I can't make fun of Logan okay um but I yeah right okay let's be honest okay Logan Ipswich it's debatable but most people would okay most people would pick Logan to bag out okay Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that. So I apologize. I'm purely basing it on open my comedians of Queensland, and, and totally because that's and that's what I was basing it too. Because when I was like, I was like, I was looking up on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, I actually don't know. I was for some familiar reason. I thought, dummy, you were based in Melbourne. I was like, and then I was like, oh no, Brisbane. And then I was like, Logan City. I was like. I think someone's messing with them on, on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, no, no. You, you, you lived- thought it was a joke. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so insulting. And then, and then, so no, but then. The whole community of Logan. I know. But, but, yeah, I and, like they have a really big population. They say, you better watch and, out. And yeah, this you know what? Is- and for those listeners, those who are angry, Ben lives in Brunswick. He's in. <laughs> he's off. I can give the full address. I actually know the number as well. <laughs> right? um, actually, you've um, given it out. You've said which rest- restaurant is near you. The the. The, the fast food place. The uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I am very close, and we have had listeners come past. But um, uh, no, that was my question. What was it like growing up there? <laughs> okay. Um, I actually no. Like, I'm not just saying this because. Mm. Um, I really, I mean, I never had a problem living in Logan. Like Mm. I I never understood why it was regarded in such a bad way, but I I get it. I get it now, but growing up, I was like, Mm. why is this so different? It's like, because I mean, where we were, it was so close to Brisbane like the border was just kind yeah. of mm. right there you could just drive down the road and it's Brisbane so it's like what's the difference but um yeah but I know what you mean though Dami because like uh, even for me like I grew up in Colombo with the civil war was on right from the time I was born and I remember the first time I realized how strange certain things are is only when my girlfriend at the time back when I was early 20s an Aussie girl came back to Sri Lanka with me and was like Right in front of my house was these two dudes with AK-47 because it was an army checkpoint Whoa. right in front of our house. And that was there from the time I was born. I never thought of it as being weird because that's your entire reality, right? But of yeah. course, when you look in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, it is weird to have automatic weapons that are right yeah. where you play cricket. <laughs> we do you know not what I mean? have rifles and automatic yeah exactly maybe maybe people did but i did i was unaware. you weren't aware yeah i, yeah. I lived near the um daisy hill koala conservation park so mm. beautiful area and we we used to just like like everyone would come there for barbecues and stuff so i was i was really proud of that yeah and and then but then i do remember on the other side like my um one of my husband's colleagues who was from I think she was from Afghanistan and uh and somebody asked her is it dangerous over there and she's like oh it's not dangerous why are people saying that Logan is more dangerous I don't know. I yeah, my brother did get mugged. So that's why they're changing the name to Loganistan. 
It's kind of funny because... Sorry, yeah, sorry no, no, no. I was going to say, we, we, we could spend for hours talking about, about, about no. suburbs and stuff But it's like just that, like so but... funny because it's because it's, it's like close proximity to Brisbane. I grew up in, in a place called uh, North Carlton, which was just, you know, usually filled with a lot of uh, Greeks and Italians. And now it's become so gentrified that every yeah. house costs two million. I'm just waiting for the day that Logan gets gentrified as well. Or is it on its way? I think certain parts of it, but... I... My husband's in all that stuff, real estate, and he's like, it'll be a long time, probably after we're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, but totally. I don't know. But the, imagine the cost, the, the, the value of that key at that point. Ooh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what you call just... generational wealth. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My just, just, look, look, kids, I don't have any money left, but here's the key. To <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so... Thank you so much, Darby, for doing this podcast. We really specifically appreciate it because you've got a busy day. And so I'm really, really, really thankful that you sure. managed to uh, get us uh, be able to do this still. Um, so the, for you and any listeners that have are tuning in for this podcast for the first time, uh, the way the podcast started was back in 2018, me and Ben, we were about 125 kilos each. And yes. we decided to have a bet to see the first of us to get under 100 kilos would win $1,000 of the other person. Gosh. Right, it was it was it was a chance for us to just finally get a bit healthy, and then you know, uh, again, like I always say, listen to the first eight episodes if you want to see how that unraveled. But without giving away who the winner was, in the um, you know, let's just say in 2018 on for holiday, I went to Thailand and Ben went to Meljura, so <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea who won, right? But but the point is. Since the bet has finished, we've all we've really had a lot of um, joy and and actually a lot of le- like fun learning about other people who we get on the show to talk about their approach to broadly speaking health. Because for us, yeah. we've come to realize that we started off as it being about you know being like not obese is the whole point. But now we've realized there's so many varying degrees in terms of what health means, which is physical health, mental health, you know, nutrition and things like that. And I guess a good starting off point uh, for me uh, that I always like to ask people about is like, so your approach uh, with your work, like as a singer, how much do you have to try and make sure that like, are are you very physical when you obviously now we're in, we covid right now so there's not many live gigs but with your performances i've never seen you live uh how physical do you get because i know you did dancing with the stars yeah uh yes and so did you bring some of that did you bring some of that stuff into into your live shows or do you because if i think about the eurovision performance you were seated the whole time (laughs) yes i was um yeah i you obviously didn't watch Dancing with the Stars. Not many people no. did. No, nobody did. Um, what year was it? What year that was, was with Cavalier and Celia. Last yeah? year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I met you. I because I, I worked on that show, Dami, very briefly. Oh. I did warm up a couple of times for it. Did you? Yeah. So I do. Oh. I do. I do remember. I do Man. remember that. Oh that my gosh! A, I. Uh, what were we talking about? Now I've forgotten because you <laughs> you asked me about Dancing with the Stars. Physical. What is it? Trauma. Oh. Physicality. <laughs> oh, yeah. trauma, really? Yeah. Was that? Oh, are we getting Man. a scoop here? <laughs> how long were, yeah. how, uh, how far did you go in, in Dancing with the Stars? I actually came like fifth yeah, or fifth. something. You did. You came, you came fifth. I, yeah, I came fifth. So it's like pretty good. Yeah. But it's only because my fans just kept voting for me. And all I wanted was just to go home and stop dancing. <laughs> oh, I, was it so I strenuous? Really, really, it's really hard. hard. And, it's so hard. And also, like, I'm, you asked me about physical stuff. I am really, really not fit or 
or coordinated. Like I'm the most unco person. Like even when I was watching myself back on MasterChef, like carrying a plate of food out, I'm like, wow, I, how can somebody look so uncomfortable walking with a plate of food? Cause I'm just like, you know, like it just, there's nothing natural about me in my body, you know? So imagine trying to learn cha-chas and waltzes and man. I would say, again, I don't know. I want to speak for behalf of anyone else, but I swear that's probably mostly in your head and because you know, and you're obviously looking at yourself in such a critical way, because I don't think anyone else is looking at Dami in walking going, oh my God, she's uncoordinated walking, oh, right? Oh, that's all I specifically, could think about. Specifically, because I know that during that entire time, and Dami, you know this as well, I had a severe back injury during yes. the show. Yes. And and it's I try so hard to hide it in the show, but now it's starting to be obvious now, by especially by episode two, it starts to get worse. You see my entire like left hip just stuck sticking out, like almost like like tilted. I didn't notice the- that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm gonna look for that now, but yeah, you I do think- but I think you covered it up with every all the little, little, little things you say. Like, I don't think people notice. Whereas me, like, there's barely anything that I say or anything meaningful. So I'm just like, ur, ur, ur. I don't know. And that's well, all I could see is like, wow. Because well, so I, I noticed as well watching MasterChef that you have this amazing concentration look. Like, you are concentrated, which is, it reminded me of the same look you had when doing Dancing with the Stars. Oh that you are God. you are concentrating because yeah. it is it is hard. Like, it's so nothing, hard. And, yeah. like, I don't know. I just, man, I've got to stop doing reality TV shows. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I'm really not cut out for it. I, I learned that every time. And I just, because of COVID, I kind of. You know, I forgot and I was just like, okay, whatever. But, oh, man, yeah, it's hard. It's, what, it's, what, what have you said? So reality TV-wise, your credit, you've done Dance with the Stars, MasterChef, X Factor. Yeah, well, yeah, X Factor I obviously don't regret because of it's, course. it's what started, started and, yeah, opened and all the doors for me. And, you know, you could say Eurovision, is, it's not a reality show, but it's, you know. It kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a world reality show, really. Yeah, but it's like, it's, they don't actually make stories out of you, you know, they only see your music and then all the stories are like through your, you know, interviews and whatever. So it's it's a bit different, but like other, other stuff, you know, you, sometimes you have to, you have to do it. Yeah, she, you say this now and then next year we tune into SAS Australia and <laughs> yeah, there's Dami with a... Rolling on the floor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So, yeah, so the question about just generally stage performances and stuff, how, how much is your um, physicality important to your main career? I guess it's the broad, broad question. Hmm. I guess I don't really, like, have choreography or anything like that intense, but mm-hmm. I do have to be fit enough to carry a whole show which you know sometimes goes for like two hours and it can be really tiring and like as a girl sometimes I've got I've got to wear these humongous stilettos and be just like you know running around on stage and it's extremely exhausting and every time after I do a full show like that I like when I try and sleep I get this massive pain on my back and I always end up waking up during the night and it sort of goes on for one week at least until the next show comes around and, and we, it happens all over again. So it's like it is physically super taxing and I don't know. Do you it's, find- it's a combination of 
physical and the mental pressure, you know, because you're all like, yeah. your body's like, okay, you're going to die. Like you got to, you know, survive yeah. this. I mean, even though it's enjoyable, it's also extremely stressful, right? Like I'm yeah. sure you would feel a similar thing from doing your shows, uh, comedy shows, right? hundred percent. It's one of those things that I think Ben, you can agree is that it's when you're in the thick of say Melbourne comedy festival is probably our most busiest time of the year mm-hmm. where we're doing like maybe our main shows, but also so many side shows and so things like that. Social. So and it's really bizarre how the, the Monday, the first Monday after the festival finishes, so the final shows on a Sunday, almost like clockwork, I will fall sick. And it's amazing how yeah. much your body is like, all right, all right, you need us to hold. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll hold off all these viruses and everything that's in your body. We'll, we'll take care of it. You do your job. And as soon as the job is over, they're like, all right, deal with this fuckhead. And then like just unload all these colds and coughs and everything just hits you at once. It's like the immune system just is holding it together. And as soon as you let it go, it just, just lets go. And, and, and I, I find, I guess maybe that's the same thing with you. The adrenaline must kick in while you're in the show and you don't really like you're enjoying the yeah. experience of it. But then as soon as it's over, the, the, the come down must be uh, pretty hectic. Yeah. So like the most extreme experience of that I've had was when I did Eurovision. Mm. So that was just like adrenaline, like just surviving on adrenaline for probably like sort of it's building up from month to month and then there's this two-week window where you're actually over there I was in Sweden you've got rehearsals every like almost every day and the rehearsals are like the actual thing there's audience there's media critiquing you in so, the rehearsals yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah so from the very first rehearsal wow. the whole media from the world like the world yeah, uh, yeah. well the essentially yeah, they're all gathered there. They're watching and they write articles. So every rehearsal really matters. So you're just like, yeah, you're just holding on, really trying to. I tried really hard to look after myself because, like, I didn't try and enjoy it. Like, like go out and have a drink. Like, I really yeah. tried not to do any anything too fun because I'm like, I need and, to and, survive this. And it's right. a massive production, isn't it? I mean, like you are, oh. like it, it is just so huge from a television spectacle yeah. that you need to be at that place at exactly that time or you don't get to yes. rehearse. How do you know so well? It's, in, yeah. How yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> it's like, it's 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 on another level. Like, yeah, yeah, I've done these reality, other reality TV shows, which I regret, <laughs> but it's different. It's like thousands of people. <laughs> just thousands and thousands and it, it moved like a clockwork and anyway it's huge but once I finished the grand final it just ended like that you know it yeah. was a yeah. climax it was like is she gonna win is she gonna win? oh my gosh she's gonna win oh she came second so that's how it ended yeah and then after that I stayed on in the city for another week because my nice. label thought it's a good idea to go and songwrite which was a really terrible idea uh, <laughs> because I, I stayed there. <laughs> I really didn't see that coming. I thought the way you that to you. I thought the way you were selling that story that we're going to have this amazing positive energy, like terrible idea. <laughs> it was the worst. Like actually, the worst because because you know, like I was on this high, and then suddenly everybody's gone. All the people from Europe left. And there were all these, you know, flags. Like Brexit in reverse. (laughs) All these decorations (laughs) on the streets. I saw them pulling them down. Oh, yeah. And it's just me there. 
And did you have a team with you there, or were you alone? I, I, I did have my husband, but it, yeah. So lucky that's for amazing. that. That's amazing. That's something. Still, yeah. Oh, well, by the way, I, I, I've got to say, when we're caught up for dinner, I don't think I've hit it off with someone so quickly. You guys were like talking about life and death, hey? Yeah, I know. We, we really <laughs> broke met. down some great... I found his story very inspirational, which is a whole other podcast, which I get my, get him on the show for. His yeah. story is incredible. But, um, but, Dami, but yeah. how did that work with such a massive production? Because I'm always fascinated by, especially singers, because I've spent a lot of time working on The Voice, and I'm always fascinated about how the singers prepare uh, in relation to their voice. So mm. diet-wise, is there anything that you don't eat or is there anything that you eat to protect your voice? Like, do you have like a, like a particular ritual or? Yeah, I'm not super, super strict about my diet, to be honest. Pretty loose. But then the main thing for me is like more than anything, it's sleep. Like oh. if you don't get good sleep, it's it's you're just gonna lose your voice much quicker that's what yep. i find okay. and and also talking is worse than all the singing you can do like if you talk so much then like i did I, when i was on tour i had this one day where i had to do so many interviews and then i stupidly talked to somebody on the phone like for for a whole hour all yep. that and then I was fine until Telstra, started just trying to get your phone correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I started the show and uh, around halfway through, it, something just went cook and I just oh, couldn't wow. reach those notes anymore. And yeah. the audience, you know, when the audience start to clap with in sympathy. <sighs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Oh, that uh, that hit me somewhere in the guts. That's in the oh, yeah. Well done. She nearly got there. She nearly got there. Yeah, yeah. It's, she, it's like because yeah. it's so sweet. It's so well intentioned, right? But it's actually oh, like it makes you feel so small. My and version of that is after a gig that I bombed at a corporate, right? I had a terrible co- the gig corporate. and then I had to sit with the, at the table of the yeah, organizers, the and I sat with them, and everyone was really quiet. And then the chief organizer goes. Well, I thought it was good. No. When somebody, when some, that's the equivalent of that to me is like, hey, I actually like your music. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one of my favorites, I don't think I've ever told you this, is Dillas. I emceed a corporate function and it wasn't going well. And then one of the acts uh, was did a magic show and it was quite good. And then I sat down <laughs> and I was having dinner with you know, the CEO and the CFO and then someone, it was a dull in the conversation. I was like, look, you know, I'm not going great, but at least the magic show was good. And then someone just goes, uh, ben, have you ever considered doing magic? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, that's rude. This, this is sli- slightly, again, we're getting off topic, but it feels appropriate to tell this story. There was a show um, that I did back in 2015. So I was in a, a, a 20-seater, and there was only nine people in the show at the time. And I had these two fans, his husband and wife. They were genuinely like fans of mine had seen me at the Comics Lounge, which is a 300-seater. And they came to this show with only nine people. And I, you know, it was pretty mediocre or pretty bad, quiet, yeah. right? And they waited after the show finished. Now, once I dried my tears backstage, I walked out and they're still standing. And then the husband, he's this guy from uh, Eastern Europe, right? He's, uh, he's got this very thick accent. And he said, what you need to do is, because um, I know you're funny. We know you're great, but that 
audience is not suitable for you, you should get a machine that has a laugh noise with four <laughs> levels of laughter. Oh keep God. keep the remote in your pocket. And if you need like a level two laughter, you press number oh, two, so you need level four. And he genuinely was being so helpful to try and, and I was like, nah, mate, I was just shit tonight. And <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's like the biggest insult but yeah but so sweet so it, comes, it comes from it from a good place do you do you ha, do you have that too dami that your fans do you have do you have because i'm fascinated by the music industry like you know like when i've worked on the voice i've seen delta and and, and kelly Rollins. they have these yeah. insane fans do you do you engage with your with your fans as much as they do um i like dami army they mm. are they they are Force, big force like my right. we my, were tagged in one photo back in june and the damiami has been championing me since just because yeah, you and i yeah, yeah. just because you and i had a lunch together they're like fuck yeah this guy is he's on where we love this yeah, guy it's, like it's great like they are super super enthusiastic so supportive um maybe a bit too much sometimes <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, they'll be listening yeah, yeah. to this and they'll be, you know, they'll 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 support you guys even more now. Yeah. Like, and Ben as well. Um but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I do have some really kind of intense fans, if you call it that, which yeah. is I don't know, like every I think every fan base is quite different, you know, and mine happens to be really kind of yeah, like very they're really passionate. They're really, dedicated. really, and I think they really love the story around you as well. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's that it's a really cool thing to know people are invested in in you, not just your music. You know what I mean? They really love yeah. you as a person and, as well. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. huge. And, and like, I guess a lot of them found me through you know Eurovision or X Factor back yeah. in the day. Mm -hmm. And like, I was only twenty four when I did that, and I feel like I've grown and changed so much. So. It, it's like really amazing to see them kind of come along with me and try and understand my changes and like changes of taste and music and what I'm trying to do. And, you know, like I, yeah, like you could, if somebody did that, I, I might've just ditched them, but you know, they just come along. Yeah. And, and I, and, and I think that's, and that's a credit to you, Dami, because it, it, the music industry in Australia is a tough one. It oh, is so tough that if you can it. bring your, if you can bring your fans along, like, you know, I see it, you know, with Jessica Melboy, uh, Delta, that you can, if you bring those fans along, then they enjoy the ride of your career. And I think that's something really unique about the Australian music industry that I think maybe in America, they don't get that where you bring your fans on for the ride and you share the ups and downs of the career. Oh, absolutely. And I think they're, they're enjoying it, of course, you know, watching me have the ups and downs. Yeah. And But then for me, it's really nice to actually have people that I feel like I'm doing it with as well. It's not mm. just me, but it's like people, I have people that celebrate my successes with me. So I just want to try harder and not kind of put them to shame as well. <laughs> so a bit of pressure, but it's like healthy pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they because they they it's pushing you in a positive direction rather than do making you do things you don't want to do. Do you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, exactly. Like, like dancing I think, with the stars. 
what? They're like old dancers? Yeah. I, they love that. They love that. Of course. That's why, that's why I came fifth and fifth. I can't even walk properly. Uh, <laughs> hey, because uh, no, I hang on, hang on. I, I need to. Uh, there's too many threads here that we haven't like. We, yeah, we start sorry, on something. Is this a health podcast or something? No, no, no. But it's more like there's still things I still want to drill down on. We just only found the peaks okay. of we we need. I, I Ben, sorry, I need to cover off. We need to cover off Eurovision and that whole experience after the come down and being that. I want to cover off oh, yeah. your sleep techniques and habits around that as well um so uh so firstly let's talk about the eurovision for, for mm -hmm. paint a picture for us who don't really know so how many people are in the like the biggest audience how much was that so i don't even i mean, i can't remember yeah. how many people were in this in the stadium you know like i guess thousands or something but yeah. it, was it looks just, massive it's massive but it's also this it was being broadcast live live television yeah to 46 countries or something at the same time which is so crazy so that's why it's got like 200 million viewers watching yeah, yeah. and we and have also about the... 150 million listening so it's from where you oh, okay <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> we're um, lucky if we have 150 people yeah. um and then damiami so you'll get a bit more yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh, and then what was i say and oh the level of enthusiasm in that stadium was also really different like you know in a normal concert people cheer people clap but they are they were just chanting roaring you know they're just yep. these are different kinds of people yeah yeah and, and it's really passionate like, like that Extremely and people who aren't familiar people who aren't familiar with eurovision i i try to explain it because you know i have family who are from holland who are so into it and to give you the example that when eurovision is when they find out which city it's going to there are groups of people who treat it like the world cup so there'll be a group yep. of 10 people who will book accommodation at whatever city it is then they will hang out and they will go to every rehearsal they will go to like they'll try and get as much of it so when the concert's actually happening it's their World Cup. They are screaming yep. at the top of their voice. They've dropped 10 grand just to get there. 100%, 100%, yeah. And they go from each country year after year, yep. like they're just living through Eurovision. That, that's their <laughs> life and yeah. their religion, you know? Yep. So and just feeling that, imagine as a performer, you're being cheered on by these like people that sort of roar to you like a religion, you know? It's yep. it's. It's crazy. It, and that that would have, am I, am I fair to assume that might have been the biggest crowd you performed to at the time? Yeah, yeah. Or at least yeah. the most exposure, yeah, including course, the television. Of course, of course. So, oh, and we've talked, we've talked about this uh, 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 when we do MasterChef from Dami, because what's interesting about you is you're such a powerful figure when you're on stage and you have your microphone and your voice is so strong. And then in real life, you're actually quite the opposite. You're very, I think, how did you describe yourself? You had a very... Um, oh. You're in, like a in, introverted show off or something. Yeah, introverted yeah. show off. I think. Yeah, attention seeker. Introverted attention seeker. Attention seeker. seeker that's right. Yeah, yeah, introverted. Right. Which is really interesting because it is. And so, what was that like for you as being an introverted, like a quiet? You know, you have a very like, you know, a small group of people. Like you know, your husband, you you keep them nice and close, and then suddenly, bang, you have this crazy uh, uh, explosion. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as an introvert, you know, it it's extremely tiring to be around so many people, but also the amount of adrenaline you get is, I think would be like even more so than an extrovert would. Cause it's like, it's so much, what do you call it, like stimuli on right. you 
and you're just like, oh my gosh, like it just, it's, it's a lot, you know? It's like if you're, yeah, exactly. If you're not used to caffeine and you suddenly get like a coffee yeah. versus someone who drinks eight cups of coffee a day. Exactly. It hits you so hard. So I was just like wired, like I couldn't sleep um, until, you know, closer, closer I got to the grand final. Like I found it really difficult to sleep and rest. And then, but I was getting more and more tired and worn out. Uh-huh. But I just had to pull through because it's, that was what I was there for. Yeah. So even when it finished, for days after that, I just, it was really hard to sleep. And I felt really, really kind of depressed, you know? Yeah. It was it's really weird. Pe- people, people talk yeah. about that in terms of especially, I think there's, I forget the proper term, but they refer to something about like off the back of the moon landing um, uh, or people going to space. They, they found that there's a special type of depression when they re- literally return back to Earth because now they've seen how far oh. the human frontier can be pushed. That coming back to Earth actually has this negative impact on them because they're like, oh, but I was literally flying above the world and now I'm down here again. Like it's this thing that a lot of sports stars go through, you know, they after they retire, there's people oh. are starting to understand a little bit more because like, you know, they have all this, you know, uh, the fans cheering them. And then suddenly that stops in instant, especially after an injury and learning how to like be okay with that, especially with footy players, for example, they have it from the time they're finished school till for like 15 years and suddenly there's like silence you know so yeah that, that's really interesting like sorry um yeah just I, I I didn't understand it at the time that was what was hard as well I was just really miserable and yeah I was still in Sweden and I'm just like I I, I couldn't write properly you know I just felt like nobody actually understood what I was right thinking. yeah I, yeah you so unique it yeah. I like the, the morning after the grand final, we, the Australian delegation went out for brunch uh-huh. and on the way at the front of the news agency, that the front cover of the newspaper was me on stage, the glorious moment, you know, in that big dress. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that, that happened. Look at me. Like, that's awesome. And then afterwards, everybody left and I was just there nobody you know it's- no i i know exactly like it's not exactly sorry that's that's an overstatement i have definitely felt versions of that especially like during say last year and stuff like that when when you know going like you do a show and then you feel like you're on top of the world because you've nailed it and my shows are what like 300 seaters and then you walk into a one bedroom apartment by yourself with all In of that silence. adrenaline kicking and all of a sudden i felt this like need to like feel validated again so either it was ice cream or or like instagram or like back then i was single so it's like tinder or something like that just to feel like i still mattered like it was this weird feeling like you're told that oh well done you're great we really worth our time thanks so much for the laughs and then it just goes and i'm back alone in an apartment by myself and this existential fear of like i don't matter i'm just a speck in the universe like it was this really interesting thing for me to pick up on and i was glad i noticed that because that's where my you know drinking excessively back in the day all i think was connected to that feeling of wanting to feel that to keep the thrill going right yeah and so we'll have, we probably have a lot of like, Ben and I would be textbook extroverts. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but a lot of our listeners would be uh, introverts who I think uh, get a bad rap because in fact, I think there's a book called Quiet that came out about maybe- I love maybe, that book. You're right, yeah. Like introvert Bible. Yeah, right, exactly. So that's a, that, 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 that I think off the back of that and the TED talk that she did about introverts, I think people are starting to really understand that 
just because someone's introverted doesn't mean they're not capable of doing things. They just do things mm. in a different way. Have you got any kind of guidance now, given the, the fact that you're an introvert who's had this crazy amount of like being pushed to the forefront, not pushed, but being at the forefront, mm. have you got any like strategies of how you manage your person, like your introversion to dealing with those things? Like you were saying it was affecting your sleep and all that. How is that? How have you now fast forward five years later? What have you learned about yourself? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, I think because of that experience uh, of feeling so empty and lonely after an experience like that, now I I expect that to happen before a big right. event, you know. And right. I think that yeah. just being aware of it is like a key. It really helps just knowing that's, that that could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, and then the way I deal with it, like I, I make sure, you know, like I try, now I have a better team around me, I think, than back then. Back then, my management wasn't even there. So nobody Jeez. really experienced the whole thing with me. Maybe my husband, but it's a bit different because he didn't like work with me and do all the yeah. rehearsals. Um, but just, you know, making sure I have a support team who understand at least one person who understands what I'm going through um you know like say if if somebody listening is going to have a big I don't know big event or a big moment and there's like a big lead up time I think it's a good idea that you know there's somebody close to you who understands every step of the way you know things that you're doing and you know it, like because for me what I found really difficult was I had my label um you know obviously put the schedules in for mm -hmm. prior Eurovision all the media and all the different but no not one person actually knew the saw the whole picture there it was all scattered so one person would be there to help me when I landed in Melbourne to do these jobs uh -huh. and then when I came to Sydney I had to do these jobs and then you're like it was scattered and not there wasn't one I one point of contact yes contact yes who yes. really knew how stressful the whole thing was right how sleep deprived i was becoming and i i think that made me feel very lonely so yep. even when everything was over i was like i did all that but nobody really knows and does it feel a little bit in those moments when you're getting passed around between different people's oh, schedules you it, feel a yeah, bit more like a product exactly yeah I was just passed around and they would all say the same thing oh you must be so excited and I'm going well I also feel like just yeah. dying <laughs> yeah no no that but makes also, also you're left with your own thoughts I think that would be the hard one as well that you go through yeah. something that high that you know before you know it you're either in a hotel room or you're back in your house and maybe your husband's there or not because I have a friend who works in media and he said that he struggled with that being an introvert himself but then things change that when after you know whether he's on tv or on radio and then he comes home that he's you know exhausted but then he's got a six-year-old going daddy are we going to finish off that lego castle and that that's that's his environment now but that was enough of a distraction for him not to go down that hollow wow 
And it's yeah. just it's just fascinating that even then, who, my, my sister's an example one, that as an introvert, I'm not. But it's also fascinating watching them have to deal with a society at first who didn't really understand them. And now, like Dill said before, that, you know, especially with that book, that people are like, oh, okay, I understand where you're coming from. But also I understand that you have to do things after an event that I usually wouldn't do. That's That's really accurate, I think, yeah. And just, yeah, knowing yourself is, I think, is key to sort of preventing those kinds of big, you know, fall from becoming out of control, you know, just understanding how you cope with different situations. And, you know, yeah, like now, even now, if I, when I used tour uh, before COVID, <laughs> once the tours, tour is over, I have a similar feeling to that. Like maybe, maybe not as bad as the Eurovision one, but I, yeah, that's like that, you know, what do you call the, Come down. Come, yeah, come down. Come down. Yeah. Suicide Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And what? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Jami. Just is your your mic volume has gone oh, down yeah. for me? Is that? That's weird. I didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's much better. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So so now it's you know it's not as severe as necessarily it'll be as Eurovision, but. Yeah. So, but after a tour, I still feel that come down and. At least now I know, yeah, it's it's going to happen. I know that I feel terrible and I'm not going to be confused about it at least. And I'll do, right. I'll take steps, necessary steps, whether it be talking to my husband or, you know, going out and, you know, meeting friends. Like I'll, I'll try and be actively doing something about it rather than just be like, oh my gosh, what is this feeling? What, you yeah. know, what is yeah. wrong with me and what is my life? Because there would be a disconnect as well, seeing the assumptions that society would have of how you're meant to feel after something like that. You've got your fo photo on front of a, uh, on the front of the papers. Everyone's like, you must be so excited saying that over and over again. But the way you're actually feeling is the opposite, where you feel like, I feel really alone and sad for some reason. And you feel like there's this, there's an incongruency to your internal and external states where it's just like, I'm meant to feel happy, but I'm not. So there must be something wrong with me as opposed yeah. to it being like, no, that's normal. You've it's just like been pushed. You're ungrateful. Or something yes. Like yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I hate that feeling. Like I always feel like I'm so privileged, but I'm still oftentimes so unhappy, you know? Yeah. I feel the worst. Cause I'm like, there's so many people who would want to be in this position, but look at me, I'm like complaining and sad. And that, that actually, that thought doesn't actually help you you know to feel yeah. better that makes no exactly because it almost it makes you say that you're wrong for feeling like that and that's not the truth the truth is you feel how you're meant to feel like it's it's completely fine and it's just you know uh, how to like manage it now that you've noticed it because i was watching this documentary uh, on pink the you know the singer and there's a really great moment there. She's done Wembley Stadium and this amazing high wire act and then comes home and her son, the little boy wants to like her to jump between furniture. She's like, I've done so much already. Like I have to do this as well now. Have you got people within your, like, because there's something that you said that I find really powerful, which is that not many people would know what you went through and how it feels. Have you now got people within the industry that are like peers that you can actually share that without feeling like you have to censor yourself and like not worry about sounding ungrateful where you can talk to a peer going, hey, you know that feeling when you've done an amazing show and you still feel sad, like, and be able to yeah. talk to you? Have you got a support group that's like parallel? Definitely, yes. And that was really important to me to, to find people like that after Eurovision. Like I ha actually had a really 
big breakthrough, if you like, after Eurovision, not just on, yeah, like that professional level, but on a personal level, I was just, I started to question everything. I was like, who are these people that work with me? Why, you know, why do I work with them if they, you know, they, right. like they, they weren't right for me, a lot of them, and it, they were just given wow. to me. Yeah. out of circumstance and that's when I started to change a lot of things and now you know the people that I work with my manager you know I, I talk to my manager so much you know because of like we're just discussing what's happening and planning and you know I, it's so important that those people that you deal with a lot are people you actually uh, like being around and mm-hmm. the, they, that they care about your well-being as well not just yeah you know, Make it money making power or anything like that. So that they trust now, you that you trust them to yeah, yeah. There's a level of trust and you know yeah, like I can I can sort of feel like he understands the things that I went through to get to a certain point. So it's not just like, oh, she won an award, she must be happy. But it's like, no, to win that award, I had to go through all these crap and mm-hmm. somebody knows about that. And so I think if you right. just have a couple of people like that, so in my case, it'd be Noah, my husband, and my manager, Ken. So, like, just having a couple of people who understand, I think it makes a huge difference yeah. for me. And then also, also be allowed to be vulnerable in front of them if you need to be without having to self censor. Exactly. But, and it's also just a classic example of, you know, if people forget, you, you know, you, you're still quite young when you experience those things, like, you know, being in your mid twenties and, you know, you're already trying to work out who you are, let alone, you know, then develop a career. And then it's just a classic example of, you know, wanting, if you change the environment around you and put the people that support you, then the byproduct is you feeling better. And I think quite often people like sometimes it's that simple that you know, you do have your manager, you do have your husband, you know, but you don't have those negative other influences because you've you've got rid of them. So it's the environment that you can then flourish, but also people go and also heal afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And also not just the people that I have around me, but I think as I grow older in, you know, I'm in my early thirties and I feel like I am my own friend as well. You know, like it's, it sounds corny, but it's like, it's like sometimes after I go through something, I go, oh, who do I talk to? But I'm like, I don't need to talk to someone. I, I get you. Like, yeah. hey, Dami, you did really well. That was bloody hard, but you got through it. And I'm so, like, proud of myself. You know? Oh, like I love that so much. To, being able to just be your own companion and somebody who understands you, like, that's, that's a thing. Hey, that really, really real helps. Thing. It really, and I, I try and do it through journaling, like, you know, like just a private thing where I just write out. So even if I'm having a, I started off with the Julie Cameron, um, you know, uh, morning pages thing. So every morning I try and do three pages of just vomiting thoughts. But occasionally what I find is me just picking myself up from a shit feeling where I myself am saying, hey, remember, like, you feel like a piece of shit this today because you say you ate fried chicken and ice cream all day yesterday <laughs> or whatever. But if someone was, if, for example, I was trying to think if this happened to my brother, would I, you know, shame mm. him for him dealing with his problem by overeating? I'm like, no, you'd be like, yeah, fair enough, man. You've had a rough week. So enjoy some, you know, sweet treats or whatever. And then by just almost talking to myself, like I'm talking to a younger version of me, I'm like, yeah, I do deserve to be treated with love and respect from myself, if not from anyone else, you know? 
And and I think you yeah I think yeah that's both of you said that really well and it's like you both sort of referenced younger like a younger version like at the moment now with kids is you hear a lot of negative talk and that's what COVID's done to a lot of kids but mm. if you're patient and you tell them to reinforce that from a positive point of view it takes time but when you see it actually flourish and then you see a five year old just go yeah I did that really well it is worth wow. more than gold. And, and I think, you know, if there's a lot of people, they don't find that out till later on as the adults. But I think hopefully now the next generation will start doing that at a younger age yeah, you know, and build up to that. And like you said, be your own companion. Like there's one thing to go, yeah, I'm doing really well, but then also to be grateful for what you've achieved. Absolutely. But I think growing up and even like until now, like I'm so used to self-critiquing myself oh, and thinking yeah. that's what helps me to be better. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I'm still a little bit not 100% convinced if that's bad, but I think it's bad. Like just being well, harsh on yourself. I, I think there's a, I, I'm still definitely figuring it out because I, I, I don't think it's bad. I just think it can be overused if it's used correctly, because there's nothing in my life that I am truly proud of that didn't start from like some hard chats with myself. So, uh. the, so the weight issues, drinking too much, choosing a career out of accounting into comedy all came from me saying, push yourself. Like, so for me, I describe it as I need these two voices in my head. I need a drill sergeant to say, stop complaining, run faster. And at the same time, I need a monk that says, it's okay, you're going to die one day. So just enjoy this moment. Like, so I need right. both of those voices, because if I only listen to the monk, then I won't get anything done. I'll just, yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah why you, don't, you don't want to be like, oh, you deserve an ice cream. It's yeah. okay, sweetie, you worked yeah. hard. But it's like, that's actually really bad for you to do that all the time. All the time. Correct. But once in a while, it's like choosing to be it's funny the way my therapist described it is like to try and be kind to yourself. So sometimes let's say in COVID times when it was peak and I was like having ice cream at seven o'clock in the morning, she's like, believe it or not, that is the kind thing to do to yourself because you have a wiring in your head that sweets means comfort. And you're so afraid of this virus. You've lost your job. You've lost access to your family. You're alone in a one bedroom apartment. The kind thing is to just allow yourself to have that ice cream guilt free. But if you keep doing it every day, then the kind thing to do is to stop it because now you're going to give yourself diabetes if you keep doing mm. that. So it's finding that balance between those two voices that I still haven't really figured out. But I would definitely say that hard critical voice is why I get to do comedy full time, because if I ever listen to the comforting voice after bombing, if I just went, oh, it's OK, you tried, as it opposed happens. to the guy said, hey, that was not good enough. You need to be better because you were unprepared. You didn't practice hard enough. You need yeah. to practice more. That's the voice that then, you know, brings me to this moment today where I get to live off telling jokes for a living, you know? Wow. So and, then, and, and just and just on that it's, as well, it's just um, again, it's like it just takes time. And like it is trial and error, those things. Like, you know, mm. what works, what doesn't work, how you feel, whether you're too, you know, like I knew that my kids had a rough week this week. Like I knew it. And mm. so then last night I put them both in the bath with their clothes on, which they've never done before. They thought it was the most hilarious thing. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. You're like, daddy, you're going to get in so much trouble from mummy. You are going to get in so much trouble. I was like, awesome. I don't care. Let's have fun. And then yeah. I just got all the ice from the freezer and put it in the bath, screaming. Ah! Like, you know, like it's just like, yeah. you know, and at that moment I was like, 
they'll probably remember that. They'll probably remember that f- forever. But in that moment, my, I was like, my that's dad what they did need. that once, and I still remember it. I put ice <laughs> in our bath. It was the best thing. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, we, I, I honestly, I, yeah, could talk to you for hours, especially want to know with like any specific sleep patterns or anything like that that you <sighs> have. Do you have any a quick, any quick like little sleep tricks that you use? Mm-hmm. Eye masks. Um, no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, like putting on a podcast. I'm kidding. What's your what, what, <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your like uh, what's your to do self care? Like if you had a self care thing yeah. where saying, especially when you're you've got tours and stuff like that, you're like, all right, these are my musts. I have to make sure I don't talk on the phone for too long, mm-hmm. so my mm-hmm. voice is rested. Yeah. Uh, what are your other like? Oh, these are my. Please make sure this happens. I when well as a vocalist I make sure I try and warm up before a show which is really easy to forget so often and then yes sleeping is really important so I try and be as regular as possible with my sleep patterns like I just you know once once you like break the pattern it you suffer for so long especially as you get older so it's like it's not worth it so sleep is so important I just try and keep it as regular as possible and then you know I hate exercise if you haven't noticed (laughs) but I try and do something some form of exercise at least you know probably should do it every day but probably not every day more like once every two days you know Pilates what what is it Pilates go for a walk you know and the bare minimum that you can get away with but doing that helps me sleep as well and also there's like psychological evidence that that actually makes you feel happier so Mm -hmm. i try and get that done and is it eight hours a day or is it seven hours like sleeping yeah not pilates (laughs) (laughs) um eight seven seven to eight i think generally if i can yeah Yeah, that that's where i feel the most kind of refreshed your uh, your husband and I both have a very the same back injury or back issue, oh, and um, my yeah. gosh, hey, since then he's is he's hurt his back again, like really again. badly. He is lying down. He has been not going to work for the last three weeks. So oh, mate, my heart goes because I just moved house and mine. I was making oh. good progress. I started running again, and I moved house last Friday, and I've injured it again. And yeah. so yeah, my heart goes up. To- have you had your quarter injection? Yeah. No, not yet. We're still trying to fix it without any of that. So right. we'll see how we go. But uh, uh, so I will send him a message. If he's lying down, I'll keep yeah, him company he, on, on Instagram. Two, he's had two cortisol injections. Oh, and they oh. do. They do. It takes a little while to. It takes a little time for them to work. So yeah. Hey, uh, so first of all, thank you so much yeah, again for doing you. this. That was incredible. I, I really appreciate you sharing that that side of you that I, I I know maybe not a lot of people get to hear when they just see you in little quick little bursts of interviews. So we really appreciate because I like I said, especially podcast listeners are definitely closer to being more introverted than they are extroverted. <laughs> so it's I really I, I genuinely I mean this very sincerely, like it, it would mean so much. It means a lot to me to, for the extrovert introverts that I know in my life to see someone who is introverted to be able to still perform at such a such an elite level to know that, yes, you just it's a bit different. You, you might have to adjust yourself yeah. a bit, but you still can do it. And I think that's really inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Um, you've got your new uh, your new music coming out. Let's talk about yeah. that very just quickly. Yeah. Big, big, Plug time. Yeah, <laughs> no. to 150 um, listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, my new album that I've been working on throughout this year 
is finally coming out October 29th. So that's in a couple of weeks. Very so. yeah. And it's all yeah. about cooking. It's great. There's one called hot potato, hot potato. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. But, uh, yeah, a hop potato. I'm actually doing a track with the Wiggles as well. We, I saw that. I can't believe I forgot to talk about that. You <gasps> did a Korean version with the Wiggles. That is huge. Of, of hot potato? No, of, no, uh, no, potato. of fruit, fruit salad. salad. Fruit salad. Fruit salad. Okay, salad. yeah. Yummy, yummy. Yeah, I had to do the Corey and everything. I was shitting my pants like I was so <laughs> nervous. It's like it was hard. I just but... love it. You've done Dancing with the Stars, yet that kind of kids' oh. choreography, it just scares the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's trauma. Trauma. Oh man. Uh thank yes. So so what's the name of the new uh, album? Uh it's called My Reality in all caps. My reality. Oh. And... It's about reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did think about that. That it's like it's got a double meaning, but right. maybe not not great, not that one. But um, yeah. So I think it's I I'm really proud of it. Like it's my most authentic album. Like it's my first album to be released since leaving my last label, and I'm signed to a new label. And since mm. then, I feel like I've got gotten you know like a new team, more confidence to make what I actually. Right, make right. and have that creative control so i'm really excited like whether it it does really well or it doesn't like it to me of course i wanted to do well yeah, but absolutely. i'd be proud of this no matter what because of the way it happened it's just, yeah it, it is my baby so it's that's it's a beautiful great. thing about musicians is that you've still got the the art in your hand or you know you can it still exists regardless of how it's received you'd still mm. there. Whereas with us, with comedy, if they're not laughing, the art didn't work. <laughs> hey, hey, use that laughing track. Take that advice. Yeah. 100% every time. Makes me want to go to Eastern <laughs> Europe and see what comedy's like over there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Dami. Uh, Dami, you're uh, on Instagram uh, at Dami Im. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any other places that people, if they want to find you, is Instagram. Oh, my, my TikTok. No. <laughs> um, I do have a TikTok, but it's really bad. Um, yeah. I'm on Facebook as well, Dami, or just Dami, I guess, and YouTube. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so awesome. much uh, for our listeners. You know, Ben Lomas Comic on Instagram, Dilruk J on Instagram, and also patreon.com slash FitBetPod for any Patreon listeners. We've got some great uh, new episodes out. Uh, yes. David Quirk talking about Wim Hof and uh, Tommy Dassler talking about Nintendo, effectively. Yeah. So we got some really good um, narrowed. We zeroed in on certain topics on our Patreon, Tommy. And um, and so it's really uh, fun. It's a bit more silly as well. Uh, so jump on there, five bucks a month for Patreon. Uh, and otherwise, check out uh, Celebrity MasterChef on Channel 10, Sundays and Mondays. You can see me and Dami cook. I think we share. Oh, we shared a bench last one, didn't we? The last. Uh, the, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were sharing a bit. That's when uh, oh. uh, this made this made the uh, advert, but it didn't make the uh, actual episode. Where Is I walk right? past you and I'm like, more like I'm like dummy him, more like yummy him. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I must have gone to the toilet. I have. I want to collect all the lame, like the lame puns I make throughout the show because there's so many. I just want to. There I just it's already. Oh, yeah. so many gold moments. And, and look out for the crooked back. It is highly entertaining. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Yes, I'll be doing that from this week. Hey, I'll tell, tell everyone, hey, hey, look at Dil, look at his yeah, back. Look, yeah, look. <laughs> He's got what my husband has. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Take care, um, Dami. Thanks Enjoy so much, uh, Dami. All right. Take thanks care. so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.